0: She's never been strange before. So, Freddie, now we come to another more recent section mm-hmm. of your life, journey, development, story. And that's university, a place that is characterized as a place to reinvent yourself, to find yourself, to mix with people from all sorts of different places and backgrounds and really figure out what it is that you enjoy, love, who you like spending time with and um, to really kind of figure out in what direction your life might lead in the future for your adult life. Um, And obviously, everyone who's experienced it knows that once you arrive at university, fairly overwhelming feeling, you might not know so many people who are at your university, but also there comes a huge social pressure um, that you put on yourself. Usually, there's a cliche that everyone, I'm sure I've heard before, you're all in the same boat, Mm -hmm. you know, don't feel like you're isolated everyone's experiencing the same thing but as you come into first year freshers week changing lifestyle different things expected from you where was freddie at at this yeah point?
1: sure so so it was quite a tumultuous time to to, to to the start to be honest because i didn't get into my firm which was bristol right and my reserve was um sussex Right, and I had a really tumultuous time on the results day because I didn't get the results, and I was trying, I was trying to figure out if I'd got into Sussex. And okay. I eventually was. So that was a really big, big stress and anxiety. A hundred percent, it was horrible. Horrible, horrible yeah. results day on A two. Mm-hmm. So then, because I was, um, because Sussex was my insurance, I didn't get onto campus. And Sussex is a campus university, and it's right. about a twenty minute bus from town. So immediately, I was in this. Looking back, I was in a very nice house mm-hmm, that would have been mm-hmm, amazing mm-hmm. for second year, mm. but. It, would, it was horrible. You were removed from
0: the social. I was environment. removed from the social environment,
1: yeah. and I'll, for so for Freshers' Week, I still get sometimes FOMO a bit now because I didn't have that same Freshers' Week of experience course. that everyone else did. Um, probably
0: save yourself some embarrassment. Yeah, probably
1: maybe a little bit. <laughs> Actually, looking back, no, definitely not. Um, so um, I got into this house, didn't know anyone there. They all stayed in their rooms by and large, and it was really only that um, my friend Kish, your friend Kish, mm-hmm. Matt's friend Kish, mm-hmm. friend of the pod. He went to Sussex as well, and he was another person. He he was... Um, I think the phrase he said to me was, like, he sorted his housing out very last minute. <laughs> so he ended up in a house down the road from me with a load of PhD right, students. perfect. Um, but we spent all of Freshers' Week
0: together. Excellent. So you had a buddy there. Yeah,
1: and it, if it wasn't for him, maybe I would have I been completely lost. Right. Um, because I didn't know anyone. I didn't know who to hang out with. I didn't have anyone to kind of go into someone else's halls and flats mm-hmm, and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So me and him spent... Um, all of Freshers' Week together, and um, eventually, after about four or five weeks, I was I was I was ridiculously homesick. Um, I was crying a lot, um,
0: and I was probably about a week away from dropping out. What made you? homesick what was what was the com- was you what was there was there a comfort missing yeah. that you had before what com-
1: was it comfort missing being away from home being i was a completely dependent boy you know uh. i had all my washing done for me all my meals right. come me, all sort of stuff so there was obviously that i had to learn all that sort of stuff right but also just being in an environment where you know everyone was in their room and i'd be sitting and i'd be wanting to do stuff and yeah wanting to meet people and yeah. i couldn't yeah and the loneliness was, loneliness 100 yep. loneliness um and i was a week away from dropping out and i went over to the housing office on campus after a lecture and I said to the um housing office guy woman behind the desk um you know I'll take anything I'll take a shared room I'll take the yeah. worst accommodation just get me you on just campus. get me on campus yeah I said like I'm really feeling really really low I didn't say like my mental health is horrible no, I said no, I'm no. feeling really really low yeah. I was really upset he said right t- come like give me a second I'll see what I can do yeah and as he said that this, this guy in the housing office came over to me he said, "Are you looking to move onto campus?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, mate. Like, I'll take anything, you know, whatever." He said, "Oh, I'm in I'm in Northfield, which for people who are listening to this, who went to Sussex, and will know, very expensive, very nice accommodation, mm. ensuite, all mm-hmm. this sort of stuff." Mm-hmm. He said, "I live in Northfield, Um, I live with um, five girls, as it happens. That wasn't an infl- impact on me swapping, by the way, but that's right. what he said." Yeah. Um, and he said, I, "I'm a I'm a mature student, and I I work um, I work part time off campus, and it would be easy for me if I worked if I lived off campus." I said, "Mate." Take me to your flat. Let's Check it swap. out. Let's do it right, right. Got uh-huh. the forms, signed it. Uh-huh. I was going, I, I wasn't, re- I'm not religious at all, but I was going, oh my God, there's a God. Yeah. I was like, there is thank someone, the something. Thank the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, these things are being put in place for me. Okay, they, perfect. All this sort of stuff. So, so
0: positive, yeah. positive, yeah. positive energy. So my mum and dad move came move into down. Northfield. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take all of your stuff out of that house. Yep. Now yep. you're thinking, great. Oh my God, my uni life up. can start.
1: All right. Yeah. Um And... Got on to campus. My mum dad came down, moved my stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And that was it? really
1: when when my almost my interview was not started, but I felt like I could really kick on and get right. to know people and all this sort of stuff. Right. Kish came in, of came onto campus a few weeks later. Mm. I was like,
0: yeah, Kish, mm-hmm. come on to campus
1: finally. We can Perfect. we can go and meet everyone. We can have loads uh-huh. of friends. Um, um and I was I, I met a new social group um and I was going out with them a lot. And it was amazing. Um, I was there's still some funny stories from it. There was two girls in my um, in my in my flat called uh, Lucy and Fairby who basically were like my mums. Yeah, in that in that period, you know, I couldn't yeah. cook, I couldn't clean. That's good. Um, and I'm a, I used to kind of go into their rooms, because our our flat was like a fifteen minute walk from the co op, and sometimes I'd run out of like paracetamol after a hangover, and I'd come yeah. into room and be like, February please, I need paracetamol. Yeah. and it was like eight o'clock in the morning. She'd be like, for fuck's sake, Fred, not again. <laughs> Take some pills at me. She said, go to bed. Um, and they were amazing. Um, and they they very much shaped a lot of um what I think now and and, mm. and and a lot of my experiences. Um, so I'm really grateful to, that for, to them. Mm. Um, and I just felt like I could be myself for the first uh-huh. time. But I also was getting to grips with receiving compliments right. and people viewing me in a positive light because mm. of mm. being myself. Mm. And I found it really hard to get this juxtaposition from being the bottom of the social ladder, being hated, being um, outcast, to. Not being the top of it, but being like it, maybe on it pop, popular. <laughs> yeah, really weird to say. Um, so that was really hard for me. But the biggest part that I knew um, was a problem was when I was going out, having all these great nights, mm. having all these really new experiences, and sometimes I would come home and I'd cry myself to sleep, mm. and I had no idea why. Mm. And the more it happened in first year, and I was kind of getting, I, I would, I could, I could manage it. Mm. Um, but the more it happened, the more I started to think, mm, this might be a problem I have to
0: address. Right, right, I understand. And so you made it through majority of that first year. Yeah, all good. Finding through your through place, all good. Yeah. you becoming independent, really finding your feet mm. and and enjoying the experience of, mm. of belonging and having a good s- s- social group. And and just cracking on and and all of those those parts of your life. And then you got to second year mm. and something happened that brought back yeah. s- some mental yeah. health issues, right? Mm. So So
1: yeah, so so first year all the paranoia that I'd had, all the trust issues from that being in that toxic social group, were starting to go. Mm. They were all melting away. Mm-hmm. I was being able to trust people again with secrets and stuff that I could share and all mm. that sort of stuff. Mm. Sometimes I would walk past my social groups um, flat and they would be having like a pre-drinks and stuff and i go sometimes my mum would go oh why haven't they invited me mm-hmm. or why haven't they done this mm-hmm. and sometimes it would just be like oh they just had a small thing and they wanted to just have yeah. it in their flat yeah, and I it took me a while to sort of kind of get over that oh it's, that it's just that yeah, just happens for sure. yeah um, but second year I moved off campus obviously that everyone does into a, a house which it wasn't it wasn't a nice house as in it was not a very clean house the people I, I, I lived with were amazing people they were great people but they would be happily to admit if they were listening to this then that they weren't they were the cleanest people right so sometimes it was a tough environment being in that you know right. um, a lot of mess and stuff and I'm quite a generally generally a clean person mm-hmm. but unfortunately what happened was was that um, my mental health issues started to come a lot to the fore and a lot to the forefront and a lot to the front of my mind but what also happened was that I I um, I fell in love with a girl for the first time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she didn't love me back mm-hmm. and it was a bit of a messy situation without going into details. right it, it's it's fine now, I've got closure on it, and 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 we me and her have got a really good relationship. Um but having to deal with that right. having t- and then having coming to terms with these mental health issues mm-hmm. and I was in denial for quite mm-hmm. a long time and I was struggling to accept I didn't want to um, ask for help because I thought it would make me less of a person or less of a man mm-hmm. um so I was juxtaposing these two these two things and it was just a maelstrom of uh just just bad experiences I was mm-hmm. without sort of getting myself into trouble uh, uh, that I was being quite reckless yeah. um there was a lot of reckless things I did mm-hmm. looking back that mm-hmm. were quite dangerous mm-hmm. um for my own health mm-hmm. and to others, um, I was crying a lot. I was crying in clubs. I was telling people that I don't think I'm good enough. Mm. I was telling, I was saying, I was
0: crying and then saying to
1: my friends that I'd, like I'd let them down.
0: Right. So there and, was this resurfacing of yeah. all of these same emotions. That- yeah. Yeah you thought had been pushed not away, but at least far enough away that, that you, you could keep them at arm's length. Mm, and and actually, yeah. the, the environment of university... Because it was a good environment. It a meant good that environment. These came back. These kind of crept back in whilst you felt safer. Yeah. And then also the fact that the university environment also encourages the, the, just the social... The social aspect. Aspect yeah. of... of of university then kind of exacerbated some of these problems that that when you were in a more sober state you could handle yeah better
1: yeah and i, I was i was i remember one time i, I phoned up james at like 5am mm. and i was just crying down the mm. phone to him saying like nobody wants me i'm mm. not good enough mm. um i've let people down what and i was saying to him why do i feel like this what's wrong with me
0: mm-hmm.
1: And obviously James, bless him, like he didn't really know how doesn't to answer understand it. And how he didn't, to say, probably didn't really understand yeah. how
0: to articulate. Because he doesn't think those because things. Because he
1: doesn't think those things. And because he probably hadn't experienced anyone coming to him with this stuff before. Of course, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, I didn't want to put anything on him, but he just tried his best to say, you know, that's not that's not true, Fred. You mm, know, people mm. do love you. People do want you, yeah, um, of course. you know. Um, so that was really hard. Mm. Um, and it was only until, and it really started to get, worse in third year Mm. um to the point when when we'll, we'll talk about this um when i actually had to finally accept that i i did need help
0: right and so how old are you at this point so i am 20 20 so i just want to take a moment that realistically from the age of seven when this began ish 13 years later is the point where you have accepted that this is something that you might need help with from professional help or just from an external Mm. source, right? So, I mean, that's a hell of a long time to have to deal with something and and process it yourself. And Mm. that obviously just trying to do that was also having negative effects. You know, you're trying to compute and understand all of this stuff that's going on. What at, that age of 20 where did you turn and 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 how did you first go about seeking that help yeah
1: so I was very grateful that I had a really good social group at that time who were really supportive of me and um allowed me to to be in pain and allowed me to to um tell me about tell them about my experiences Mm. and just let me be myself I remember there was a time when I went round to see I was telling them that in third year um I was like I feel like I can't be myself. I feel like, I know, I don't, what is my purpose? I don't mm. feel like, uh, I felt like I was having an identity crisis. For sure. And I felt like, do you want me in, I was saying to the, some of the girls, like, do you want me in this group because you value me or do I, am I just being, am I just playing up to a role? And I remember going around to see him for a pre-drink. and they just said, they just were really just loving and compassionate mm. and they, were, they didn't need to say much, but mm. they just said, just put an arm like on my shoulder and just said, how are you? you know, how's everything, you know, let us know if you need anything tonight, all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff. And that was, that was amazing. Um, But then when it got to third year, I was kind of feeling really suicidal again. Mm -hmm. And what happened was I had a breakdown in the, initially I, 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 there was a point when I walked past my kitchen cabinet um, in my third year house and I thought maybe I should take some pills again. And that's when I thought, right, okay, this is really bad now. Right. And then I had a breakdown in the middle of a a politics seminar. So what happened was there was a mural on a wall. So imagine like a painting Mm -hmm. from some student Mm -hmm. and it had like figures on it. Mm -hmm. And these figures started saying stuff to me. These figures started saying that I was worthless and you're a piece of shit and all this sort of stuff. And I was was sitting there and my housemate who was sitting across from me had no idea this was going on because it was all internal. Yeah. And I was just sitting there just... And he, after the seminar, he just thought I was really bored. Right. And he made that comment to me and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I was a bit bored. And I was talking to my, 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 one of my close friends, Tilly, um, at the time. She was sitting next to me and I was texting her how uh. I felt under the table.
0: Uh.
1: And she said, Fred, how are you feeling? And I was like, thought about taking my own life last night. Um, and she said, have you, th- have you gone to anyone about it? And I said, Oh, I went to the um the 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 medical centre, the, the 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 medical yeah, the medical centre at Sussex and I didn't tell them I was feeling suicidal, but I said to her, Tilly, I went to see them and, and I said, I'm feeling really bad. Can I can I can I see someone? And they said, Oh, can you come back in like six to eight months or something like that? We'll have an appointment for you then. And she said, Go back, I'll come with you after mm-hmm. the seminar. She said, I'll go back with you, tell them how you're feeling, and then see what happens. So I went back with her, went to the place, said, I'm feeling, I'm really sorry, but I'm feeling really suicidal. Can I please see someone? Mm. And they saw me straight away. They did this assessment thing where they said, how are you feeling on a scale of one to 10, all these mm. things. Mm. And I was seen straight away and I was put on eight weeks of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy.
0: So how was that experience of actually going into the medical center And 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 did you feel like you were confessing? Did you feel like it was mm. a confession, like you, I felt embarrassed. Embarrassed?
1: Yeah, I felt embarrassed. Um, I felt embarrassed to be doing it because I felt like, oh, why does, you know, why do people, why do I need to ask for help?
0: Mm-hmm. No, I felt bad. You should to be, be able to do this on your own. Because I had
1: done it on my own yeah. for the 13 years prior. Right. Um, yeah. And they were just really nice and the staff were really, were amazing. Uh-huh. And, and
0: what kind of like, what did that course? entail what was the what was the content yeah, the, the CBT. of the eight week cbt yeah. yeah
1: so it was just someone to talk to and right. it was it was taught i was talking to them about everything we discussed you know the, the, the suicide attempts and um things like counting on my hand how mm. many people would miss me all mm. that sort of stuff
0: you were venting
1: yeah i was venting mm. and the interesting thing was was that it took me five weeks mm. of sessions mm. for me to say i've been bullied Right. I could not say the word. Oh, I kept saying, and I didn't realise until she pointed it out, my, my counsellor. She said, you're not saying it to me. You keep saying what had happened to me before. I right. kept saying what had happened to me before. Right. Because I couldn't say, Yeah, I felt too embarrassed to say I've been bullied. I was bullied. bullied, yeah, for sure. So what CBT gave me was, A, someone to talk to, B... Um, a safe haven where Mm -hmm. I could come every week for a a while and Mm -hmm. talk to her about my issues and see tools that I could use in everyday life. So I said to her, sometimes when I was being bullied, what would go through my head was a cycle of all the negative things people had said about me. And it would go over and over and over and over in my head. And after CBT, now sometimes every day, if I'm on my own with my own thoughts, what will happen is I'll think of all the positive things people have said about me mm, mm, and mm. it'll just keep on cycling in my head mm. and I'll just stop the negative thoughts at bay. Mm. because for me the depression feels like a cancer in my own head mm. and if I could I can picture it I can picture like if I if you gave me a piece of paper I could draw it now it mm. feels like a cyst mm, mm, like mm. something that's hanging here and it's mm. kind of got things attached to it mm. It's hanging mm. in my inside my brain um but that's what CBT gave me it just gave me that kickstart i needed and it turned my life around it mm. really did um i definitely by the end of it hadn't resolved all my issues and there were you know all the years up to now i've still been trying to resolve them with other, with with people and friends and all that sort of stuff um but it gave me that kickstart i needed
0: mm. Mm. and so would you say that if you had the opportunity that ideally you would have been enrolled on a course like this you know from from a much younger age or do you think that it would be difficult as a younger version of yourself to to even make it to one of those you know did you find that that was perfect timing for you to have that or did you do you wish now that you had that experience earlier and 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 if you did when when would it have fit into your life
1: so i agree i think it was perfect timing mm-hmm. um it was the, the 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 best timing for mm. how bad my situation was. Mm. Do I think that it could have happened earlier? My heart says yes because I felt like I I, I needed to talk to someone earlier. Mm-hmm. But my head says, would I have been able to articulate it? Would I would I have denied that I'd had mental health issues if they'd pointed it out to right, me? Right. I don't know how I would have reacted. Right. I think if I had been made to feel as comfortable as possible and really really safe. Mm. Then there's definitely a possibility. Mm. But I just don't know. I just don't know how I would have reacted to it.
0: Unfortunately. Do you think that those things, uh, or or the same kind of CBT structure or, or program, like are they available for for kids that are in school, and are there those same sorts of support systems, or um, are they not existing in secondary schools?
1: I, 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 the difficult the difficult thing is I can't really answer that question with great accuracy. There's obviously great organisations like. Mental Health First Aid England, who um, who do courses in schools and mm. then teaching mm-hmm. um, teachers and head teachers about mental health.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I wish if there are, I would advise people to to to, to seek them out if they're available. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I should point out that you know everyone's mental health is different, and some people might not be. Um, you know, they might not take to CBT. They might sure. take to medication. They might take to other things. Yeah, but as long as the options are available to them, at least maybe try. And see what works for the individual's
0: needs. Definitely. And you mentioned medication there. Something that I wanted to ask you about. Mm-hmm. You didn't actually take medication up until this point, right? I've never
1: taken medication for my mental health.
0: Right. And why is that? Um, like, oh, that's a really good question.
1: I think, probably, there's a part of me that, that wanted to... Try and deal with it without taking medication. Mm, mm. And I think there's also a part of me that says if I had had, if I have someone to talk to and I can talk through these problems about and vent, then perhaps I don't necessarily need it. Mm. People might look at how, you know, strong my anxiety is and say maybe there might be an option for you to take medication. And I don't, I, won't, I certainly won't rule it out. Mm-mm. But I think for now, I'd like to try and sort of deal with it and um get on with life without having to take it but that's not to say i either won't take it in the future or i'm against people other people taking it
0: right 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 No, yeah i think that's interesting definitely but let's um let's talk about also the fact that outside of medication the CBD program you know it was eight eight week program when, are you ever part of a group of other people that were experiencing that same thing at this point or are you, is it solely, it's just you yeah, and... Yeah, it
1: was solely just me and another counsellor. And a
0: counsellor. Yeah. And so do you have contact with that counsellor now? Or? No,
1: actually, it's really strange. Um, I did my eight weeks and I just said, I think her name was Sharon, I think. Oh, I'm really bad, sorry if I get this wrong. <laughs> um, and she was just really nice and kind and supportive mm. and... Mm. I just gave her a hug at the end and said, you've just completely changed my life and turned it around and she was, she was quite surprised that I was giving her a hug. But I never spoke to her again. I didn't get a number. Wow. Um, so, I mean, if she's listening, so shout thank out you so to much. people in
0: those roles. Shout out that's to those people, um, yeah. That's a hell of a job, isn't it?
1: Really? Yeah, uh, 100%. And I'm just eternally grateful to the people at University of Sussex's medical centre and mm. their counselling services for, for taking me in and, and helping me with my life. And we
0: can play again All right, Fred. So now that we've got through your kind of academic career, you have made it through university. You discovered the CBT course during your final year at university. And that really kind of set you up to start using not only those tools to help yourself, but to also use them and your understanding and your life experience to help other people that might be experiencing similar, um, um, journeys. Um, so tell me a little bit about vent, where that came from, Mm. how it started Mm. and, and how you just go about making something like that. Yeah.
1: So, so vent started in September, 2017 and I had previously been involved in a, um, Huddersfield website fanzine so I had some I was getting experience in comm I was working in comms I was getting experience in like website managing and, and editing and all that and, you know WordPress and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and I'd wanted to work at that point in in mental health for, for since 15 as we discussed and I was applying for a few mental health charities and I was getting to interview stages but I wasn't really getting anywhere and I met with my best mate Hannah who um, I went to see her at the we went, went for a catch up at the uh, Toby Carvery in uh, in Wanstead in, S- in Snaresbrook. and I said, "You know, Hannah, I'm really wanting to to do something in mental health, and she's always known this. And I said, if I wanted, but I'm, I'm done, i don't don't know if I'm I don't know you know if I if I should or if I'm if, if I'm able to, but I said, you know." Um, if I'm going to call it, I had this idea of this, you know, every time someone comes to me and says they want to have a deep chat or they want to talk about something really emotional, they will say I want to vent to me. Mm. And that's always really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. So I said, if I'm going to call it something, it'll be vent. And I said, but I don't know if it's going to help people. She said, no, no, just Fred, just give it a try. Mm. If it helps one person, then you've it's sorted, you're sorted. Yeah. So I said, right, okay, I'll set up the website, called it vent, got like a, a, a logo made and, um, The first article I did was mine. It was my first coming out article. Mm. And I remember writing it and it was about 2,000, 1,800 words long. And I was sitting there on my computer, waiting waiting to click share. Mm -hmm. And I was shaking, sweating. And I was going, once this goes out, I can't take this back. This can't be Mm unsent. And I sent it and the response was just, overwhelming you know all my friends were sharing it um people other people were sharing it um i had i was inundated with messages just really supportive messages Mm. i think the articles now like the most read article on vent it's got something like 1500 reads which Mm. is insane Mm. i can't believe that many people have read it Mm. um and that for that for me that was just the beginning of vent's journey because i felt like i couldn't ask people to be open and honest and vulnerable and show their emotions and i didn't so that's why i did it first and the second article I published was um, from my, my good friend, Steve, who if he's listening, uh, give him a shout out. He wrote an article, his coming out story, um, talking about his boyfriend who was really good mates with me at uni called Sam. And I actually met Steve through Sam. Mm. And he was talking about his mental health story. Um, and he just said, I've been looking for a platform for ages and you know, no one wanted to take my story. And you've given me a platform to do this. And I feel like I can be me. Mm. And I just felt... just so overwhelmed. I just thought, you know, my only goal at the start was to help one person. I've already done it in Mm, like a month. mm -hmm. So that really just set, bent up, I think. And I think since then I was... At the start, I was sort of begging people to write articles and just saying, you know, I've seen your story and we've always had a chat. Do you feel like you want to write something? It can be completely anonymous if you want. Mm -hmm. And now sort of people come to me, people want to come to me about the podcast. And it's just gone from strength to strength. And I know it's still a very much a community-based platform right now, but... I like to think that I've tried to help people from all backgrounds. I've tried mm. to be intersectional. Mm. I've tried to help people who are non-binary and who are who are um who are gay and who are um from different races and ethnicities. Mm. So I've I've just just felt that I just felt that I just, you know, wanted to help as much as many people as possible and I think it's all it's almost it's it's, it's all it's also helped me grow mm. as a person. It's mm. helped me be even more empathetic. It's helped me you know, challenge my own subconscious biases. has helped me, in essence, be a better person.
0: Fred, we've spoken about VENT, we've spoken about your academic career, but I know just from knowing you that there's something that probably the whole time was helping you through all of these experiences, Mm -hmm. something that helps me daily with Mm -hmm. any experience I have, you know, no matter um, how big or small, and that is music Mm -hmm. and the positive impact of music on your life. Mm -hmm. Um, So talk me through a little bit about your connection with music. Mm -hmm. Firstly, give me like a little sense of like, what kind of music you listen to, um, how that manifests itself, do you go out, to listen to music do you find yourself just we've mm-hmm. got your headphones on all the time yes yeah, of course My music journey is so
1: big i'll try and keep it as brief as possible <laughs> so um i started listening to music when i was like as long as early as i can remember mm-hmm. you know when you had f- ears yeah when i had ears this, these small ears when they, as soon as they could take noise in they were li- they were listening to music um the first album i ever got was was hot fuss by the killers mm-hmm. and then it was employment by the kaiser chiefs and then it was Hard five Stars of CCTV. Oh, yeah. So I was very much like listening to XFM a lot. Through yeah, just, yeah. Not through choice, just like my mum would put it on. Yeah. And I ended up listening to... So my, the first genre of music I really loved and got into was the whole UK indie, indie rock. rock and roll scene uh-huh. yeah so like Block Party Arctic Monkeys uh-huh. uh, the Kooks every band again with a K for some reason Kooks Claxons, yeah. yeah. Killers
0: yeah. Kings of
1: Leon Kasabian. Uh, yeah, Kasabian yeah. I had Kasabian's first two albums yeah. um, the first ever gig that I went to was in year 9 um, my older sister Olivia um Took me to go see the pigeon detectives at Brixton Academy. I think
0: I was there. Yeah. I think I I was was 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And supported by Cage Elephant. Yeah i think i was at that yeah. gig <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I
0: was I, I was i was at that, that age i was at the, mm. there was a lot of indie rock in my um, playlist as well yeah
1: it was it was mate there was the height the pinnacle of mm. indie you know mm. block, um the ting tings people like that oh yeah for Gods, sure uh, the noisettes mm-hmm. um so that was a really pure time for me and then as i was sort of getting when i was being bullied quite a lot um, my safe haven was was my, was my iPod. So mm-hmm. I sort of graduated from iPod Shuffle to mm-hmm. Nano mm-hmm. to Mini. Or uh-huh. maybe they were both called the same thing. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm looking for, for Matt here for... for Other
0: music players oh, are available. Okay.
1: Um, and then a normal iPod and then like the big classic. So I had 80 gig in the end. Um, which was like 20,000 Did stuff. you fill it? Still got, I've, still got, I've still got her now, Daisy. Oh, yeah. Her. People will know about Daisy, my iPod. Um, How <laughs> i, I to free name space her. is there on that? And I've had to... Not much, mate. Literally like <laughs> 700 megabytes. I've had to take albums off and It's put not them my on.
0: name. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then in, in year nine, I just, just started discovering Grime mm. and um, UK Funky House. Mm-hmm. and, But mainly... K- UK Funky House was like a lot of dancey and you know mm-hmm. um, Are You Gonna Bang No and Migraine Skank and all that sort of commercial right, stuff right, right. but the grime stuff was more like a, a manifestation of a lot of anger that yeah. I had and aggressive lyricism mm-hmm. but also pop punk mm-hmm. and pop punk was very much probably more influential on me and I still listen to a lot of it now mm. Um Bands like You meet Six and Kids in Glass Houses and mm. Out of Sight and mm. um, Did you Blink-182? ever feel like
0: kicking out and just becoming like one of these people in, in the bands that you were that well, you like were playing stuff? I was never musically gifted, unfortunately. Yeah, 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 yeah. but like, I mean, like the kind of like you know the punk aspect or right, like, sticking my to green. the man and yeah. just being like, you know what? Did you ever get I... that? Did you ever suddenly feel like uh, I'm gonna was... be like one of these rock stars and just mm. kick it all away and
1: It was it was less that it was more that they used to sing a lot about leaving your hometown right right all songs about leaving your hometown and like being an outcast and isolated and lonely and hating yourself and like really poor Mm self-esteem i really resonated with a lot of that Mm -hmm. so when i went to gigs and i saw all these people who were probably outcasts at their own schools right i felt a lot of um commonality with them right, so that right. really resonated with me and the pop punk scene I still listen to absolutely tons of bands now like Neck Deep and San Atlantic and Rome and For Sleep sure. On It and all these all- Paramore sure. all these all- other For bands sure. um, but then in year 10 and 11 and I was going to loads and loads of gigs still do loads and loads of gigs um, into year 12, 13 year 12, 13 was when I started really listening to dance music mm-hmm. and I really started my dance music education history you know I started list- I started going to clubs for the first time, and mm-hmm. I felt in in the right club environment, in in the in the greatest club environment. The speakers, the darkness. I felt like I could be myself. I started mm-hmm. loving dancing as a form mm-hmm. of self expression. Mm-hmm. Um, that really had a massive impact on me. And I started listening to. I started learning about house music. I started listen, le- listening, learning about eighties and nineties house. Yeah. Um, disco
0: uh-huh. was
1: when I really started. Keep, uh-huh. like, I my disco playlist on my, on my iPod is like a thousand uh-huh. songs long. Like it's ridiculous. Um, and I started learning about techno and all these other facets of, of, of dance music. And that's what really kind of sparked something in me. Uh-huh. Um, and I just spent hours and hours and hours and hours listening to old YouTube videos and buying albums mm. and just getting into this whole world. And I've never really looked back at, since really um a lot of the time when it comes to music i sometimes will discover a music genre and just spend two months just purely listening to that music genre so mm-hmm. so what friend of the pod dan mm-hmm. who's came on a pod with me um he his his girlfriend um loves reggaeton yeah. Spanish trap music. Yeah, and I'd always wanted to get into it. Yeah, always wanted to
0: get into you it. You haven't been dancing to that, have you? Oh, friend? mate! Last three months, oh, I've all ever listened to it, Spanish trap and reg- reggaeton. <laughs> really? Yeah, like, but like, wow. not just not like maybe Latin dancing. No, not like. Uh, yeah, probably. Really? Yeah, like like Spanish hip hop. Do um, we have to make the pod? Not just on the radio. I love yeah, the no. Your webcam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no one wants to see that. No one wants to see that. But I felt so much...
0: Matt? Enjoyment.
1: <laughs> Matt's looking over and going,
0: nah, I'm
1: alive. Um, but I got so much enjoyment from, like, her giving me artists to listen to. Right. And... Then I'd say, Oh, like I've listened to this song You're now. A musical
0: just... Explorer. Yeah. Yes. Going doing
1: a deep dive, jumping right. down a rabbit hole. Right. Um and, I, and there's loads of genres like that. You know, there's yeah, loads of sure. really ridiculously obscure genres that oh, yeah. I listen to that I don't know if anyone else listens to, mm-hmm. like Future Funk and mm-hmm. like City Pop and mm-hmm. all these other weird stuff that I listen to that I see communities on Facebook and mm, I get little involved with them. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, music music's just been a massive part of my life and my dad's always been a big music fan as well. And I think that's probably where it stems from that for collector sure. vibe because mm, mm, mm. You've, you've, you've been Yeah, yeah, app. yeah. Like yeah. You've you just walked to my wall. room and yeah. water wall CDs, wall yeah. wall vinyl. Yeah. He's always got music playing. And yeah. not, I don't always like everything that my dad puts no, of course. on, but that whole love you. of music, I uh-huh. definitely feel like I've, I've got from him.
0: Uh huh. So you think that maybe for people that have been live in the same similar kind of experience maybe in those dark times that there's a there's a thread of 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 some sort of positive escapism in in sport and Mm -hmm. in music Mm -hmm. and in kind of pastimes where you feel like you can relate and belong yeah obviously music is one of those that you do um from a distance Mm -hmm. but also you know going to gigs being surrounded by people who are when you're at a gig you know that everyone else there is there to see the person Mm. that that is going to perform so you have a commonality Mm. when you're at a football match you're part of the same culture the same group so you do you think that it's about not feeling alone and you feel that loneliness is actually you know one of the most important things in these kind of dark experiences is feeling alone even yeah. if you're surrounded by people still mm. feeling like f-
1: you- 100% agree that feeling of being alone was, was massive on me I still get impacted by loneliness quite a lot mm. and because I think, it, I think it impacts me more because I'm so extroverted mm. I enjoy being in other co- at people's company for more sure. than I do being on my own. I, I really that. struggle with being on my own in my th- in my thoughts unless I'm distracted. Mm-hmm. So if I'm watching a film, if I'm reading a book, mm-hmm. if I'm like just sitting about and bored and I'm doing nothing, immediately my st- my mind can start to wander. Right. and Self esteem spirals can happen and right. all that sort of stuff. So that I definitely agree that you know that feeling of, of loneliness is is a, was a big factor mm-hmm. and the fact that I I didn't have that in those places mm-hmm. was, was massive for me. Yeah,
0: and 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 by listening to music. You actually got away from that feeling.
1: Yeah, and when I listen to music, sometimes I imagine myself performing. Yeah, for like, sure. When you're walking along, you imagine you're the, the lead singer oh, of the yeah. band, and you're you're singing <laughs> the lyrics. For sure. That always happens with me. <laughs> yeah, and man. That for really sure. keeps me going. Um, and yeah, you 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 develop. I develop these really strong relationships with albums. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think back then, I oh, it's really weird to say, but I almost felt like I was listening to so many of these albums, and I didn't have any friends that some of these albums were my friends yeah for sure and um I felt that like when I was in primary school and I was bullied for you know being being overweight and uh-huh. um and I had this this really bad relationship with with food mm. um because I loved carbohydrates and I love sweet things but <laughs> but I love a donut still but yeah I, I, I felt like almost food was being was not was eating food was kind of my way of loving myself right it was really treating bad, yourself yeah treating myself yeah. and i wasn't like a enjoying massive, something yeah and i wasn't a massively Allowing kid, yourself but, to enjoy but, um yeah food was definitely something i enjoyed because in spite of the fact that i didn't have any friends uh-huh. um so yeah music was just just yeah just it, i can't underestimate or really put into words how much of an impact it's had on my life
0: mm. all right fred i want f- three feel-good albums. Oh, I'm putting you on the spot. Jesus it's Christ. happening. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You can take them from any genre you want. They can all be feel-good. They could all be on disco They can be from a spread of wherever Just you want. Just three? Even employment. You Just can three. get that in. But no, I mean... That
1: album's <laughs> so
0: shit. don't know why <laughs> but, I What it. I mean is in, I want you to give me... Had a massive th- impact on me. Three, yeah, albums that, that, that you feel really helped you.
1: <sighs> so, definitely one is... I'm trying to just just go first. for it. You, me at six, take off your colors. Cool. Second one for f- pure feel good enjoyment. I'll uh-huh. h- I go back to it all the time. Uh huh. Two door cinema club, tourist history. Uh huh. And then the third one, and this might be a recent one actually. Um, I really want to put in a disco album as well, but this one isn't. Must- oh. <laughs> I'll go with, I'll put, okay, I'll go with neck deep, the uh, the peace and the panic, mm-hmm. and I'll chuck in my favorite ever disco album which is um oh it is it's, oh, it's a prince up Al- Dirt, dirty mind by
0: prince right you can have that one for free perfect well sounds like a good collection we're gonna have to start <laughs> vent radio next <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the next section So our final topic of conversation is the one that you usually have with all of your special guests. I do
1: indeed. If you've made it to the end of this pod. <laughs> and it's a
0: general matter about mental health. So firstly, may I ask, how is your mental health at the moment?
1: Um, That's a good question, Lloyd. It's in a decent place. It uh-huh. could be better. Uh-huh. It could be worse. Um, there's definitely periods of up and downs I have a lot. Mm. Um, sometimes I can come out of a really bad period by you know, seeing friends and they're really complimentary. Like someone could be say like a really nice compliment to me and I could come out of a really bad period and Mm -hmm. I could walk home and I could just, yeah, I could just feel good about myself. Mm. That sometimes really helps. Mm. Um, Sometimes I can have really bad periods and, and a lot of that probably is to do with loneliness. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I feel like if I'm on my own quite a lot or if I'm not seeing my friends enough, sometimes I feel quite lonely Mm. or like, for example, and if all my friends go on holiday and I haven't had a holiday for years,
0: right, right. then they
1: go on holiday and they put stuff by Instagram. And it's not they don't do it, my friends don't do it to mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Sh- brag or anything. But mm-hmm. they're just like, oh we're in
0: we're in, where- yeah, we're in Yeah, we're wherever. It. Yeah. So
1: that sometimes affects me. Mm. Um sort of that fear of missing out, being yeah. being able to to go on holiday with someone and just mm. enjoy myself, that does, mm. does that, that does affect me. Mm. Um but yeah, I would say it's in a it's in a decent place right now. That's
0: good. Yeah. That's good. And if you don't mind me asking, mm-hmm. in terms of um medical terminology yep what would you say that you feel like that you express in terms of mental health issues sure. if, if you was having the correct terminology yeah.
1: so um i was i've never been properly diagnosed say like going to a doctor's and they've said right this is what you have this why right. but they, is i what? did get assessed when i was in university right so I'm pretty sure, I'm probably 99% sure that I have depression. Mm -hmm. I have quite severe anxiety. um, So rumination, overthinking, and and just generalised anxiety through through panic uh, anxiety attacks. Mm -hmm. And I have complex PTSD, so complexity, PTSD means that you feel the effects of the incident or the impact of it sometimes years and years later. Right. So um, how is some of yeah.
0: those impacts manifesting themselves in your everyday life? Yeah. Currently.
1: So so with depression, it's a lot to do with the loneliness side, a lot to do with um low self-worth, sometimes um lack of self-confidence, self-esteem. I've tried to take steps to improve my self-esteem and my mental health through the gym, which is mm-hmm. really good. Not just as a way of routine structure, but obviously as your body gets in better shape, you can mm. feel a bit more for, confident. For and, sure. and I'm not saying that people should go, should do that exclusively because no. if you're happy with your body, you should feel happy with your body. Mm-hmm. But it was really good for me, so that was a that was a big thing. Um, anxiety it affects me a lot with mistakes, and that's right. a lot that, that that if I if I accidentally offend someone, if I make a mistake at work, um, if I have to tell someone I've made a mistake, that's an anxiety in itself um and that was that's what really brings on the big the big anxiety attacks mm. the pangs of anxiety um mm. other things it affects me in is sort of overthinking mm. so say for example you've got a say for example you had two job interviews mm. and one was one week apart and you had to go to the first one, maybe you got a job offer on the Wednesday, but you still had to go to the second one and you Mm, had to make mm, sure mm. that you had to delay there. Do you know what I mean? I would instantly start, that would be an example where I'd instantly ruminate, overthink and be like, but what if they come back to me and da 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 da. Just
0: pinballs. And it's hard for
1: me to kind of put things in place to stop that. Uh Because it's that that unknown, that unknown situation. You only really can deal with it until you deal with it.
0: Mm -hmm. And what about your sleeping? How's your sleeping? Sleep
1: is, Good in getting off to sleep mm. and sort of. I'm quite heavy sleeper normally, but mm. what how PTSD affects me and this is probably the main thing. in it, Is it, it how it affects me is, is nightmares, right? So I will have nightmares sometimes twice a week, and they vary. Sometimes they will be either characters from my school will appear in mm. them, mm. or and be in different situations, mm. or I will be back in school itself, right. and I will be doing my GCSEs and sometimes I'll and they'll be so vivid Mm. that sometimes I'll like wake up and go oh shit I'm Mm. actually not doing my GCSEs again and I'm not in year nine and ten like they can be that vivid um at most they probably happen twice a week Mm. sometimes they don't happen at all in a week which is good but at most they probably happen twice a week
0: Mm. and what kind of tools and 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 methods have you developed over your entire life to deal with these um yeah. th- these sort of effects that you're feeling still now.
1: Yeah, it's with the anxiety one it's quite hard because
0: mm.
1: I still there's no way I can stop myself having anxiety from making a mistake and or or a bad one that's out of my control so to speak. Right. Um so say if say if you send an email and you send it to the wrong person Or it's got the wrong thing in it. Right, right, right. And but because it's gone, you can't like bring it back. You lost control. Yeah, you can't. You lost control of it. So that does affect me, and it's hard for me to be able to um, bring that back. I'm I'm, I'm slowly learning to try and deal with better. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that's a learning. What kind of tools do you
0: use though? Like what what uh, what would you uh, say that happened? Mm -hmm. What then are you telling yourself? Like, would you say? you use music would you say you would you would process that in 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 the, when you're at the gym exercising like what are the actual like action points that you would tell yourself like this is what i need to do now that i'm feeling like this
1: so so the main thing i can do really and it's probably the only thing i can do is just own up to it quickly cool. just be honest mm-hmm. um, and that's hard um but i feel like if i can do that then and I do it quickly, then the ramifications would be a lot less than if I held on to it and right, right. wait till people found out right so that's what I try and do with mistakes and also just get closure
0: right
1: so especially with anxiety or people that I've hurt in the past um, or made mistakes, then I will often sometimes go to that person sometimes years and years later mm-hmm. and just say like, "I know this happened in this year, but I just wanted to apologise for it. I've done, I've done that. I've done mm. that. And that person has come back to me and said, like, I've never thought about that once mm-hmm, in the last mm-hmm. however many yeah, years. Yeah, of course. Um, but it's all good. And, and, and sometimes if I ruminate back, my mum will go, no, Fred, you, you've got closure on that. Yeah. It's all fine.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, you're right, Fred.
1: But it's hard. And it's all a learning process and I'm trying to learn every day. For so. sure.
0: For sure. And And what about your friends or people obviously that you interact with through the through vent as well Mm. you must get a a lot of individuals coming to you through that as well Mm. how do you support those people and what kind of advice do you give them
1: yeah and a lot of people do come to me for advice um and 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 more and more increasingly as the years have gone on and vent has got Mm bigger, which is nice and it's always nice Mm -hmm. it is a big responsibility and i did struggle at the start to be a mental health advocate or seem to be one because i didn't i wanted all the focus to be on other people and helping vent and and vent helping people rather than me Mm -hmm. kind of making it about myself because i always felt like a part of me thought that you know it would be people would see me being as being arrogant or Mm. like me self-caring is a selfish thing, all those sort of mental Mm, health mm, tics. mm. Um, The way I deal with it for, with people giving, coming to me for advice is I always say to them, if you're feeling severely ill, there is Samaritans, they've got a helpline. um, There are people you can turn to professional advice. I can only give you advice from my own lived experiences. And I always qualify that. And as long as they know that, then that's fine. With, with friends, I, I do what I call friend admin. Mm. So if someone comes to me and they say like, Fred, I'm, I'm, I'm really um, struggling with something. I'll do some friend admin. I'll go see them. I'll have a ch- well, I might not mm. even chat about that issue, mm. but I'll just see them. We'll, mm. we'll hang out. We'll have a nice time. And hopefully them just being able to have someone they can listen, they can talk to and, and, and be listened to mm. it would help them. And I've tried to do that as much as I can with my friends. Um, since I started then, before then and, and, and now.
0: Hmm. And so Fred, not from a vent perspective, but from your own perspective, where do you see yourself uh, moving forward and, and how have you best equipped yourself to, to move forward with your own future?
1: It's a really good question. Um, I try to take every day as it comes because I didn't see myself surviving past 16. So every day is a bonus for me. Um, where do I see myself in the future hopefully the aim is to look back on this pod maybe in like 10 years time and go wow that was a completely different person in a good way Mm, to mm. how I am now Mm. Um, and I've become uh, so much of a stronger and better person for it Um, I like to think that I, I mean I have my own you know career goals and career ambitions but from a personal perspective I like to think that I've just would have liked to have become a better person Mm. um a more well-rounded person Mm. Um, obviously as you get older and more you get more life experiences that should come doesn't always happen with you know some people Mm. um Mm. in in public life um but i like to think that yeah i i would have been a, a better person to my friends i like to think i'd have become a more learned person and a person better able to deal with my own mental health issues as well as help people with others
0: well i think that's all we've got time for in this special 10th edition of the just checking in podcast i'd like to say thanks very much to freddie cocker thank you very much lloyd the founder in chief for sitting on the other side of the glass and letting us unpick his life being massively vulnerable open and honest about his life experiences i think you can see quite clearly that It's something that we should all consider and if you as a listener have identified with any of the individuals in any of these stories be it abuser, abused or someone who's complicit then just make sure that you take the time to recognize the impact that some of these experiences can have on someone. As always thank you to all the venters who have tuned in and remember if you've liked what you heard please give this a share on all the usual social media channels and tell your friends or work colleagues about it. And if you're feeling generous, write us a review on iTunes. Also, if you have a similar story to share, you can always reach out to Freddie Cocker on Twitter using his handle at FreddieC1994 or Google search Help UK and follow the website for more details. We hope to check in with you again very soon. And remember it's always okay to vent.